anybody that knows me, you've ever been around me or ever had opportunity to be blessed to be in my presence. I'm upright, independent, and fearless at all times. I don't engage in no bullshit. I mean, unless it's with my little team, you know, other than that, you know. All relationships are circumstantial with me. I'm pressure. Jump in the dashboard. I'm thug in a plain road. I still was suffering internally whenever you came over. You told me whatever decision I make that we would remain close. But you gonna change though. Just try to remain sober. Uh, microphone check one, two, one, two. I'm good on my end. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Marked Up Podcast. My name is Marcus Bullard. It's early, y'all. It is mad early, but it's okay. Uh, I got my man's all the way in England. He's four hours ahead of us, I believe. So I had to hop on the phone super early, but I'm very excited to have y'all uh, listening on this podcast, man. Uh, DJ Messiah, what's up, man? What's up, man? I'm glad to be here. What's going on with you, bro? Man, I, ooh, it was rough getting up this morning. <laughs> you, tell, you telling me? I had a crazy one last night. Bro, you got to tell me about that. What's up? Uh, no, what, fact, before, you, before you get started... What part of England are you in? I live in uh United Kingdom. Uh so it's um I live personally in the Mildenhall, but I do most of my DJing in like Cambridge, Newmarket. Uh, making my way down to London these last last couple of uh events I've had. So but but where I reside is uh in Mildenhall, it's like towards Bury area. I I'm so trash. I'm I'm not even gonna flex like I'm cultured enough to know where any of that is, but it sounds dope. Yeah. It sounds dope. Um but yeah, tell me tell me about your night, bro. Uh, no, I did my um. I had my house party. It's a it's a party I made myself. Is um was at the club last night. It's pretty good. Um, they don't. Uh, I I I would live. We live. Obviously, I lived uh, next to the military bases. Me being in the military or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, being out of the country, it's not a lot of clubs that play uh, up to date American music. And um, you know, you know, even us going back to like high school, like I was always like a music junkie, so I'm always on top of that kind of thing. So um. It's just a, it's basically a party where I try and bring as much like of a like a of a back home feeling towards all these people that you know what I'm saying don't really get to go home too much or too often. Yeah. A, a place that's like familiar, you know what I'm saying? For sure. Um, that's kind of what I offer. Uh, I couldn't imagine being a DJ because I I just got a DJ Pro. I just got my uh, what my DDJ uh, SB3. Still don't know how to work the damn thing, but it's okay. I get to it. <laughs> um, but. For everybody who does not know, um, DJ Masai was my friend back in high school, man. He went off to the military, got big and famous over there overseas, and he's collecting money, doing all this good shit uh, poundage-wise for them. I don't know their currency. I think it's pounds. Um, yeah, it's pounds. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how did the nickname DJ Messiah come about? Because I actually didn't know that until, like, like, what, end of high school and when I was actually in college and stuff when I actually saw it. So how did that come about? Oh, I uh... – you know, I used to, you know, I used to rap all the time in like mm-hmm. high school and whatever. I was, you know, I, I continued rapping and stuff once I got out of um, high school. And I was in the military and um, was making some songs. Uh, my boy Howie, um, I was chilling with while he was in the studio one time, and he was like, "Man, that easy, bro." He's like, "It's, it's all right, bro, but that, that's just plain, bro." You know how many rappers named Easy? He was like, "You should call yourself Elijah the Messiah," and I was like, "Oh man, that's hard, bro." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's dope. I was like, "That's hard, bro." And then, um, so I was calling myself that for a while. And, um, and like, you know, I rap every once in a while still just cause you know what I'm saying? I love to, mm-hmm. but then uh, once I started DJing, um, it was just natural for me to call myself DJ Messiah since I had already been calling that about that, um, by that is rapping. You know what I'm saying? 
and yeah, I, I, I like that. Uh, like the kind of thought that comes behind it. A lot of people. Some when I first did it, the people was like, you know, what I'm saying, look, kept looked at it like a a religious kind of thing. But I didn't see it like that. I thought it was, I saw it as like being like, you know, what I'm saying, Lord of DJs or something like that. You know, what I'm saying, I always yeah. like that type of thing. Having that conversation so, yourself is important. Yeah, for sure, it appealed to me like that. You know, what I'm saying, I, I like to. I mean, I'm not. I don't think I brag too much, but. You know what I'm saying? I do like, you know what I'm saying, uh, over-the-top, larger-than-life kind of things. You know what I'm saying? So I thought it was perfect. It just worked out that way. So you, 2019, we left high school in, right like, 11. So you've been, for the latter part of, like, six years or so, maybe more, you've been DJing for around that long? Yeah, probably about. Before DJing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Probably for about a good four and a half years or something like that. I've mm-hmm. not been, been DJing. Uh, Building my brand stuff, so I've probably been doing it for about four and a half years. But, um, so when you're on your set, what kind of uh, what kind of equipment and stuff you use? Like, because uh, everyone likes their own different controllers and different softwares and stuff. I, I know I personally like DJ Pro because it can work with uh, Spotify. That's where my music is. I just I just got iTunes or Apple Music, excuse me, um, for the free. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why not use it? Um, but some some DJs like to use uh, what what what's the name of it? Serato. 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 Yeah, a lot of DJs use Serato, and that's what I got. I it's think like when I. When I got my um my first uh controller, like I didn't even know what I was doing. Like to me it really don't even make a difference which controller I'm using as long as that mug works <laughs> really. Yeah, if it's configured uh, the right way, it really don't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's all you know what I'm saying, just take your time getting to know what your stuff. And I've seen people do all kinds of crazy things. I seen a dude DJing with a with a with a with a keyboard mouse and he was doing some crazy stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This dude been DJing for forever. So, um yeah, I use I use Serato. Um uh, I can use turntables, but I really want to get like my technical skill up with um, turntables. I think like scratching and stuff is like the dopest, you know what I'm saying, stuff ever when I'm seeing everybody else doing. I can do it a little bit, but I'm trying to be like cold blooded. You know what yeah. I'm <laughs> so. Do you learn from the uh, from the OGs over there? Are there uh, matter of fact, pause right there. Are there OGs of DJing over there? Because I, I know nothing of it. So, like, yeah, you know, man, there's a lot of people that DJ over here, but are there actually good older cats over there? Man, there's a dude over here, this dude named um Pat Pat Volatile is DJ. I think it's DJ Volatile is his name. Uh that was like one of the first DJs I saw once I got here. And uh I'm a I'm a pretty big Kanye fan, yes, especially his older stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh I went to the club one time and I and like once once you what you know is like when a DJ when they come in a club, like it's really hard for them to just come in there and have a good time because the whole they spend like the entire time judging like <laughs> the DJ that's playing right now. One hundred percent. Yeah, so I went in there and this dude, man, I swear, he had this Kanye set and it was like, it was it was so cold. Like he got me hyper than I would have been able to get myself if I was DJing for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, as no. a DJ, as a DJ though, like you, you, uh, when you post on social media at least, um, like you're having fun in the pictures and what you allow people to see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but like behind the booth is a whole nother environment in it. Like when you're actually locked in, like it's a whole nother environment in it. Yeah, sometimes I'm not gonna, you know, it is, and it, it is fun. like a, a lot of the time it is fun, which is why people uh, love doing it. I, like most, like most, I never met a DJ that was DJing and it was like, man, I really hate doing this. I'm just doing this a fast time. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it's a wonderful feeling, you know what I'm saying, to to bring that kind of energy to a crowd or to a place. Or, you know what I'm saying, you spend all that time practicing and, like, you know what I'm saying, trying to get stuff together. And you're like, oh, you know what, this is going to be dope when I do it in the club. And then you do it in the club and it's awesome. But uh, there are some times when you, um, it can get pretty stressful, especially depending on, like, what kind of stuff you're doing. Because uh, the guys I've been meeting these days, they a lot of DJs don't just DJ anymore. 
they kind of uh, pro like promote too. So it goes, they kind of go hand in hand. So they try and put their own events on, and sometimes they invest in like a lot of money into those kinds of things, depending on what kind of party it is. Party it is. Like I know one dude that that started a whole festival by himself. I know that's uh, crazy stressful. You know what I'm saying? Like when I get like I got like right, I'm, I just I started doing this kind of stuff. So uh, that's what I got. With, that's what I do with the house party. I made that myself. Um, and it's like when I get there, it's like people trying to make sure they got their VIP tickets or, or, you know what I'm saying, somebody wasn't on the list or, you know what I'm saying. And they ain't got like, time to worry about that. They're trying to scratch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it's like. And it's crazy, too. It's like sometimes when, you know, you know a bunch of people, obviously, DJs are social um, creatures just by habit and like the, the nature of the job. And you know what I'm saying? A lot of people, you know what I'm saying, they want that like attention and recognition. And I don't have a problem, you know what I'm saying, with that type of thing. It's just like, to the people that's there, they here to have fun, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and you know let let off some steam. But you, you know, you there working really, so it's like, you know, you in business mode right now, and you know what I'm saying a lot of people just trying to get the hey, what's up, man? You know what I'm saying, blah 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 blah. Let me catch up, and I'm just like, you know what I'm saying, it's a time and place for everything. But you know what I'm saying, there's all kinds of stuff that could go wrong. I remember when I did my first set, um, my laptop crashed like mm. right in the middle of my set. But the only good thing was, and obviously my very first set in the club was was super trash. You know what I'm saying? Like my my trans my transitions were super sloppy. Um, you know what I'm saying? And abrupt. And uh, but I was playing really good songs. So like, you know what I'm saying? The crowd like basically uh showed me mercy. And when my laptop crashed, they all just kind of started uh no music. You know what oh, I'm saying? No, bro. Yeah, but it, it was still live though. So <laughs> it's live because they made it with the hand clap. No, no, no. no. Yeah, well, they made it with the hand clap. So they gave me a little time to get my stuff together, and I was uh. Super grateful. I got this uh, one homeboy too. One time, uh, I think my laptop crashed because I had a really old one. It was my first laptop. You know what I'm saying? I was you know, the, yeah. the equipment's pretty expensive. And then uh, I remember my laptop crashed, and this is what made me get a new one. Actually, I was like, uh, "Can I can I curse on this uh, show?" Oh, for sure. Uh, I just I was going to double check, but uh, yeah, I was DJing laptop crash, and I got this homeboy man. He loved to play, and then he was in there. He was like, "Man, fuck the DJ." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's your homeboy that said it, though. Yeah, it's my homeboy. Like, I actually, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> as, as fucked up as that sounds, I was um, I was really stressing, man, because I hated when it happened. But, like, it was so funny. Like, all my stress, like, went away, and I was able to, like, you know what I'm saying, conduct myself. I'm like, all right, get my stuff together. I was like, all right, now, the worst has happened. You know what I'm saying? Let's just make the best of it and move forward. But I'll never forget that. That was that was a, that was a funny time. Would you describe that as a... Uh... Uh, a nightmare set because a lot of people think it's fun and games like I said before like uh, you allow them to see what you you do on uh, to a controlled setting by posting the pictures you want the videos you want but behind the board in front of a crowd your your stuff crashes or it's not configured the right way what would you say that was the most nightmare-ish set you ever had nah man to be honest I think there's two kinds of bad nights you can have you can have ones where I, uh, I would say three. Matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and say three. You could have one where your equipment's just, like, not working and there's, like, nothing wrong with it. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to, like, reset or something like that. Yeah. And it's, like, that's it's bad when it's by yourself. Um, there's another thing where, like, if you could have had an event or something like that and then people just don't show up, that's terrible. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty whack. Like, nobody wants that. But I think the worst thing, um, the worst kind of night you can have is, for some reason, it's just, like, Whatever songs you're playing, it's like not connecting. You're not feeling like you're doing your best, and it's like you're trying and trying and trying, but for some wrong, the, the for some reason, the song's just not hitting like you want them to. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, just like a pride thing, and like you know what I'm saying, how much time I try and put into it, that's the the worst kind of set to have. I mean, 
Yeah. Technically, yeah, man. Te- technically, um, since I've never DJed, but I like to, you know what I'm saying, throwing some jams around that, on the crib. Uh, mm-hmm. The only nightmare I ever have is just playing the wrong song. And she, my wife's looking at me like, what, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> why are you playing this song right now? I'm like, uh, she, she's not a music connoisseur. But in, the, yeah, in my head, right. I'm thinking, like, if she's not a music connoisseur and I play some trash and she lets me know, then I know that music is trash. So, like, that's my nightmare. Man, I would tell you one time, uh, I think there's there's something like you could you could I, so there's, there's there's also two kinds of DJs I think there's um people that play it really safe they play only mainstream music you know what I'm saying they don't they want to experiment with something new or something like you know what I'm saying a crowd may not have heard yeah and I'm down to do that obviously I love I love to 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 break in newer songs that that I know people haven't heard yet so um but sometimes in a club environment it's just like when people don't know the song they're not gonna get it any love. I, and I like case in point. Um, I remember I'll never forget it. I was uh, I was in Japan. I was DJing at this uh, club called Peaks, and I I was uh, a bitch better have my money. I came out like the day before. You know the song by Rihanna. Yep. And I was just like, my boy had showed it to me. He was like, yo, this is gonna be a banger in the club. And I heard that. I was like, oh yeah, you're right. I said this is gonna make the club go crazy. I dropped it in the club, thinking it's gonna be the biggest thing ever, bro. Everybody was standing stock still. Mm. Like a blue face. And I concert. played it for like 10 seconds. Loki, I was so mad. I got on the mic. I got on the mic. I was like, bro, that song is a banger. I said, I'll never play this song in the club again. I said, I'll never play this song in the club again. You bitches did not deserve it. <laughs> Telling the people in the club that it's a banger and you better dance is nuts, bro. <laughs> this 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 song deserves you energy, you bitches. <laughs> and then they didn't respect Rihanna on top of that. Like that, <laughs> yeah. off that, I would have been just mad. Like how you not respect Finney? Like come on, so man. I dropped it. I dropped it another uh, maybe what like two <laughs> weeks later. Two weeks later, I dropped it. Club going crazy, and I was just like, Oh yeah, where wow. were you bitches at before? Like, you backstabbing bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's your steez then? Because you're talking about the club and stuff like that, but you also got the uh, your own events called the house party. So like, are you into more mm-hmm. club scenes, house parties, rave, uh, festivals? Like, what, what's, what's your steez? Man, I've never DJed a festival. I've been trying to get in on this one uh, real recently, but uh, it's hard, man. Everybody's always trying to get on festivals and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because um, that's like an opportunity for you to really get your name out there and stuff when you, when you do that kind of thing. Um, and I played a lot of clubs and I, lo- I love playing the clubs and stuff. I do. Uh, but I know it's probably going to be weird. I mean, but I, like I said, I got limited experience, but to me, um, I legit like DJing, uh, a house party, like inside of the house. That's what's up. I love that, man. Um, and that's kind of like why I got my, um, my idea from where I do my party. Like all the DJs are really, really close to the crowd. Like you can reach out and touch them and stuff. Like it would be if you was DJing in the house, you know what I'm saying? And then, um, Everybody can come like interact with you super close. You can see like the uh, you know what I'm saying the the looks on people's faces. So you real familiar with with you know what I'm saying you're really aware whether if you're you know fucking mm-hmm. up or not. So um, I, I like to DJ you know what I'm saying that where I can like feel you know what I'm saying the energy from the crowd. So I can I can only imagine what it's like at a festival. I mean I know you're a little bit far away, but you know what I'm saying all those people are there. I'd also think a festival would have a little more. Uh... I guess nostalgia, I guess might be the word. Um, yeah. With the with a lot of alcohol flowing and other vices flowing around the crowd, you know what I'm saying? Like, people are just going to vibe to whatever's playing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that in the club, too, probably on a smaller scale, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You know, trying to get bigger all the time. But, um, yeah, man, I, I think, like, the best thing, really, is at the end of the night, or, like, when you see that somebody come up and, like, you know what I'm saying, dab your hand in the middle, I'm like, yo, that is crazy. I love that fucking song. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a good feeling. I, 
I, mean, I remember one time I was DJing in the club. They had like this little, they had to like barricade it off. It was like my first time doing it. And I was like a, um, I was like a book DJ. Like, so I was like on the flyer and stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? My name all big and everything. Mm-hmm. So like people were coming to check me out. And this one dude was finna hop the damn fence, you know what I'm saying, to come tell me. He was like, you are the greatest ever, bro. You know what I'm saying? what they say. It's like a <laughs> UK accent. You're the greatest ever, bro. The f***ing greatest. And I was just like, oh, man, this is super lit. You know what I'm saying? So I love that. And then when, or like when, at the end of the night, everybody's dapping me up. He was like, uh, oh, that was a crazy set you had. You know what I'm saying? So you played this and this and this. And it's just nice. Some people are like, you know what I'm saying, paying attention. I had sometimes when I went to a McDonald's right after a club and I'm, you know what I'm saying? There's people in there who's like, man, the DJ in there was really good. Did you guys like him? And I'm just sitting there like, like that was me. Yeah. <laughs> but that's pretty you know cool, though, bro. Like, you hear, hear the compliments and people are genuine about it. You know what I'm saying? It's not yeah, no fake yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, it yeah. sounds like you're pretty personable um, I, to, to I the people to that, you know what I'm saying, fuck with you. Yeah, for sure. I, I try to be. You know what I'm saying? I want you know, I don't want people to think it's like all like business for me and nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? The money's cool and everything, but at the end of the day, I know it's gonna sound like real cliche or not something like that. But I really want people to to have had a good time when they come out. I was, I'm always trying to make you know what I'm saying the party better. It's like what I like to say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's. Or I want more people. That should be a party. Yeah, for sure, man. Like I want uh, I want it when people see my name, like to know it's gonna be a guaranteed good time. Like they know the music's gonna be. You know what I'm saying? Solid. Does um does that love reciprocate within the DMs? Because people like to reach out and like almost like I don't know how to describe it, but um people reach out to celebrities all the time, saying ask for advice or hey, what equipment do you use? Hey, what uh oh you use this microphone? Can I can I get the uh you know what I'm saying the model and the make? You know what I'm saying like uh, are you are you reachable online your social media? Like do you answer oh, yeah, people? Man, back? I'm, I'm super. I'm super. Well, it depends a little, a little bit. It depends on my my relationships at it sometimes. But uh, for sure, yeah, I really. Uh, I'm very reachable <laughs> <laughs> online. Bro, that's the uh, truth. If I ever heard it, bro. It is, man, because you can't be doing everything like that when you when you got a girl or whatever. So I was just like, uh, but for the most part, you know what I'm saying. Afterwards, people hit me up like, "Yo, can you teach me how to blah blah blah?" And I get that mm-hmm. all the time. But um, there's not that actually there's been zero people that actually showed up for practice when they be like anything. You know what I'm saying people get caught up in the moment, but you know what I'm saying I understand. But um, yeah, I'm pretty reachable online. People ask me like what song was that or blah blah blah, and I just you know what I'm saying I shoot them an email or something like that. I'm not selfish with anything like that. Hmm. DJs can be like that sometimes. Like they don't share their life, and, and I understand why because it takes forever for you to you know compile all that music and stuff. So now, DJs can sometimes be now DJ to DJ. Uh, there's competition always, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> wait, but DJ asks you for a song, and people people steal songs for sets 24 7. So, 24 7. So, how do you deal with that? So, like, if you really fuck with the DJ, you're really cool with him, and he asks you for a song or, or a couple songs, do you like, bro, like, you gotta get your own, like, or do you like, oh, here, like, here's the MP3, have a blast? Like, what do you, what do, you do? Uh, it depends on who it is, really. If it's on, like, I, I don't, I've never been in a situation so far where I felt like I need to be like, nah, bro, you're doing the most right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but for, like, if it's my boys or whatever, and you end up becoming friends with the guys you end up DJing with, you know, every night. So, like, my boy, um, I was looking for a song he couldn't find last night. I told him I got it. You know what I'm saying? I'll shoot him an email. That ain't nothing. You know what I'm saying? For me to do that kind of thing. Because uh, I think they would definitely send me, I've had friends email me songs I can't find. And, um, because it's like, either you, if you can't find them online, you end up having them fucking trying to pay for them or something like that and uh you really don't want to rip songs off of youtube or anything like that like that's like super duper last resort really i mean you got to do what you got to do especially if you want us to play the like you have a set from three weeks ago yeah you know what i'm saying you ain't trying to (laughs) put that in you you were in january uh trying to play something from november like i don't i don't see it you know what i'm saying 
No, I mean, I know DJs that come in there, they've been playing the same set for... I mean, if it's a, a specific set, like, okay, a Kanye set, like, I wouldn't play anything off Yeezus. I go to last regist- uh, uh, late registration, uh, uh, college, you know what I'm saying? Like, that would be my, my go-to's type thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I mean, it, yeah, I didn't even like that, like, because I don't ever, like, pre-plan my sets, really. Oh, so you don't, don't practice do or all, nothing like that? No, all my sets are live, like, I just come up, I pick the song right in and there. Like, I don't even know what I'm going to play till I'm playing it. <laughs> so that memory must be crazy, like, because I know some DJs, <laughs> yeah. and they, they practice. Well, they're a little unique because they got two people on the board, but they mm. practice and practice and practice and get it right because they're always trying to evolve and, and level up, you know what I'm saying? I hate yeah, that you term, got level you. up. Um, I really hate that term. I can't believe I just said that. Um, But they're always trying to elevate their game, basically. And so yeah, that's, that's what they practice and, do, and um, try to perfect their craft. Yeah, really. I mean, I was going to say that's what you really want to do as a DJ, but really that's what you want to do as like anything. Barber, you know what I'm saying? Landscaper. You always want to, you know what I'm saying, take yourself to the to the next uh, stage, the next level or whatever. Oh, that was me trying not to say it too. But yeah. <laughs> what was I going to say? Uh, now, there's things I might do like when I practice and I like I come up with like a really cool transition. I'm like, all right, I know I'm going to do this at some point. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I have this transition in my back, but it doesn't mean I have to do it. You know what I'm saying? Do you ever think about teaching people? How, like, if you ever got a, a master of it, like a real basic grasp of it, do you ever think about teaching uh, a DJ class? Uh, maybe, man. I'm not against anything. You know what I'm saying? That uh, as far as business wise, I feel like you gotta be as diverse as possible. You gotta be as open minded as possible. Mm-hmm. So, I probably, you know, what I'm saying, if I felt like I had uh, a mastery of it enough to where I, sh- I should be teaching people for sure, I would. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I know people that uh, teach DJs and then contract, get them contracted at the clubs. It's like a business. So I would definitely, you know what I'm saying, try and copy a model or something like that. Uh, but even what you were saying earlier, too, I just didn't want to skip over this because like, I don't want you to get like the wrong impression. But there's, um, you said you wouldn't play anything off of uh, Yeezus, but some songs are just timeless, man. I played fucking, uh, you know, uh, They Know by Shawty Lowe last night in the club. They, they, uh, a song as great as They Know, to me, would not be on Yeezus. Do you have something against Jesus, bro? <laughs> oh, bro, no, bro. Now I sound like I'm hating. No, hate with me. No plan. I like Ye. I like bits and pieces of Ye only because I was probably going through some emotional stuff at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. the whole album vibed a whole different way than Jesus did. I felt not robbed, but kind of disappointed in what I heard. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm used to a, a um, All Falls Down. I'm used to a... Um, crack music i'm used to it you know what i'm saying like i like that type of i'm a different person you know what I'm saying? everyone's different they like what they like but i just oh, like yeah, earlier sure. years versus what i'm seeing right now i was um and you know I, I i i at one point i was struggling uh with that too which is like because you, you know what i'm saying you get an artist that you go to love and like or whatever and you expect them to put out a certain kind of music right mm-hmm and it act a certain way but you gotta I, this is the way i see it you gotta understand that um well, like, how how many years ago was that? You know what I'm saying? But, you know, you were a specific Marcus Bullard in high school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it would be selfish of me to expect you to be the same Marcus Bullard right now. And, like, so whatever you were doing at the time, you're not going to be doing that right now. People change. You know what I'm saying? Every it's day. expected, actually. That's why what I, I learned was to, to try not to expect a certain kind of music to come out on um somebody's album. Like, I know J. Cole made certain kinds of songs on his first album. He made, you know what I'm saying? It's not too different, but I still can see change in the music he's putting out these days, you know? Yeah. I, so um, that's like... 
My bad. Go ahead. All right, cut you off. I say, you know, he, he was pretty uh, superficial, just like every other rapper when he first came out. You know what I'm saying? He wanted to change and all that other good shit. You know what I mean? I'm not saying he doesn't have like nice things now because I know he does. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Like if you can see it in like the videos, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know what I'm saying? But he definitely like his mindset is different now. And I know for sure, like people, you know what I'm saying? They have life experiences, or whatever. Kanye West is not the same. Kanye West, he was on college dropout and late registration. You know what I'm saying? 100. Uh, you know he he didn't grew into a fucking mega superstar now. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure his mindset, his ego was always big to begin with. It, it must be gigantic right now, just with all the stuff he's accomplished. And you know what I'm saying? Even if you listen to, like some of his stuff, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not even like you know what I'm saying like a Kanye defense or nothing like that. I just mean this with any artist like across the board that they like over time their music is gonna change. Like it should be changing. It's inevitable. I think. So, you know what I'm saying? I think what they take the time to get... And I'm not saying it wasn't like a rush to... Actually, Jesus grew on me, so like I kind of like Jesus very uh, very much. I, I, like the, uh, I like the larger-than-life like aspect with some of the stuff he was saying on there. So I was digging it. It, it took a minute to grow on me, though. It did take a minute to grow on me. My favorite song on there is Blood on the Leaves. I mean, some of them, like the sample, like you can't, you can't knock the samples he's been using, like that. Oh yeah, you can. He's, you can almost never knock the samples he's using. One hundred percent. I um. Also, you can never say mega on here ever again because uh, it's close, too close to mega, and that's related to Kanye. Um, oh, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll take that. I'm one hundred percent behind that. No, he's he he was. I think I'm trying. I'm I re- I know I'm trying to separate the nonsense he's doing in real life when he drops music because. It, it's kind of clown. It's clown shit. You know what I'm saying? It is. It's clown shit, and so that's not the AI I grew up on. He wasn't a clown back then, at least to me. Like, he, okay, he he was silly when he did the the gold digger. He was a, like, you can say he's a clown, mm. like clowning around, like you know what I'm saying, having fun. But then he mm. he was doing all his other stuff with uh, with Orange Face, and then um, but now now the Kanye now is doing that uh, Sunday service type stuff out in Africa. You know what I'm saying? Like I like yeah, that vibe. I like you changing. I some feel of like the that music whole... though I could live without because some of these songs he's touching ain't really hidden. But th- for the most part, every Sunday he's dropping the the choirs and stuff and uh, at the mm. un- undisclosed location. It sounds great. I would love yeah. to have that yay back in our lives. You know what I'm saying? That's the type of person I want. But that's just me being mm. selfish. I can't control another man. Can't control another yeah, woman yeah, what yeah. you do. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's what I was saying too. Yeah. Yeah, I remember after um, J. Cole made that, uh, what, 2014 Forest Hills, everybody wanted 2014 Forest Hills again. Mm-hmm. But then he came out with, what, what For Your Eyes Only, I think? Was next album came out? For Your Eyes Only? Yeah. Was his next project? And then everybody was like, man, what is this? And I was like, bro, it's a story concept album. You know what I'm saying? Relax. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to get 2014 Forest Hills dry every other time. And then he came out with, what, Kids on Drugs is next, I think? <clears throat> that was yeah. I like that. Yeah, I thought Kids on Drugs was fucking amazing. I love that. I love that album. Um, what do you feel about people saying J. Cole makes music for people who are trying to go to sleep? I'm very offended by that. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. Yeah, no, J. Cole is different, bro. Like, I really like listening to his music now. I, back at, when he, I forget the mixtape, bro. It's one where he's uh, he's in the hoodie, and um, it's it's a winter theme or some, some shit on the. Is that Friday Night Lights? Nah. I think it's the warm up. Yeah, it must be the warm up. But that's that. I slept on that because I wasn't really, you know, what I'm saying I wasn't hip to what he was trying to do. Same thing with Wale when he first dropped. I was calling that man Whale. I didn't like. I didn't like Nike boots at first. <laughs> I didn't oh like yeah, it. yeah. And so I went back years later. Like damn, this shit was actually kind of cold. And now Wale's going <laughs> into some of my favorite music to put on the crib. J Cole as well. And some of the some of the uh, visual arts he uses in his music videos. 
to uh, oh, yeah, that's symbolisms crazy. and stuff like that, and what he's actually saying in his music now, like all that has grown on me, and it's it's you know what I'm saying that's the growth we're talking about here. Everyone wants to have that growth. It's needed within your music. You don't want to stay the same as you were eight years ago. That's that's yeah for that's sure. Nonsense. You know what I'm saying? Um, for sure. I do want to back up uh, a tad bit because I did skip over it because I heard you talk mm-hmm. about your girl. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Is it is it hard being a DJ and having a girl? Because from what I've seen in sets I've been around and clubs I've been to, um, when a DJ's locked in, I'm shooting some bail. When the DJ's locked in, doing his thing, he's mixing and doing all this good stuff. There is his homeboys in the booth, maybe, and and a couple of females in the booth, maybe, or in front trying to reach out and grab them and hey, can you play this song and blah blah. Does that impede on your relationship because it's it's seen like from the outside in, even though you're locked in and you know you're locked in and your homeboy knows you're locked in, but me and the crowd seeing that, it looks a whole different way. Does that impede on your relationship? Man, um, I'm gonna say also stop. 100. Don't say anything incriminating on my podcast, please. Uh, so go ahead. Oh no, 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 no. It's all good because um, that's, that's the, it's a good subject because my girl is my ex now, so. Oh yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's not like a bad thing. It's just that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I I, I would definitely say that that had a part to play, and like you know I'm saying, the breakup, or whatever, or whatever. But uh, at the time, like when, when uh, she, you know, I'm saying we were together. You know, obviously being in the military and stuff. You know, what I'm saying um, we moved around a lot, so she wasn't here the entire time. But when she was here, um, you gotta try and pick somebody that's compatible. I think, or you know, what I'm saying, or understands like how it is. But even still, you got to move a little, like a little bit different than than you would if you were single. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like being a, um, I think being a DJ, they expect you to be like, uh, a certain kind of way. But um, but you still want to remain like respectful. Like depending on what your relationship is, like I can speak for everybody. I'm gonna speak for me. So you know what I'm saying? I never been like uh, you know what I'm saying, a player or a cheater, nothing like that. I always try to like you know what I'm saying, remain loyal to whoever I'm dealing with, whether it's my friends, my girl, or whatever. But, um, you know what I'm saying, normally, you know what I'm saying, you'd be like, you know, telling girls, like, you know, show up to the party, hit me, I'm going to hook you up and all that stuff. And, you know what I'm saying, girls, like, have crushes or whatever. So, and then, you know what I'm saying, they, they used to dealing with you like that. And then when you get a girl, they all kind of like, oh, no, you know what I'm saying, you know, they act a little funny or whatever. Or, you know what I'm saying, girls can be, like, really flirty when they ask him for, like, songs and stuff. Yeah. But even outside of that, I think that kind of life, like, just, ha- if you, especially most DJs have more than one job and that I know anyway. You know what I'm saying, they got their regular job and they do that at night. And then they still gotta like, you know what I'm saying, tend to their female like um afterwards. So um uh, I think um like just like most like just depending on like how hard you work or how busy you get, like that can really take away. So it's like, you know what I'm saying, she already share you with your job, she share you with DJing, she share you with all these people. And then especially if you're doing a lot, it's just like, man, I want my time to myself right now. And then but she you know she's been waiting on you this whole time. <laughs> so yeah. So it can be it can be stressful, man. It's like a big sacrifice. And um I think uh, I've never I have I've seen a lot of DJs that actually struggle like in their relationships because of, of their job. You know what I'm saying? So I think it gets to a point just like um, it's always going to be a delicate situation how you handle it. You know what I'm saying? That's what I would say. <clears throat> yeah. And so when a young DJ or young rapper or entrepreneur or whatever is having that kind of kind of problem, not necessarily like oh I'm, I'm going to be with a thousand women, um, but the problem of having that stress in your life from a woman who is not not in the know of like, hey, I just got done with a boom set. I've been out for 13 plus hours working. Can I have a little bit of me time when I get to the crib? Um, what, what what advice would you give for them to try and like not put that stress, uh, not keep that stress on them while they're doing a the set? Because mental issues is huge. 
So like you, you get stressful in the booth, you messing up on the boards, and that's that's a no no. You know what I'm saying? Like what? Oh, yeah, what would you sure. say to them? Man, I would say uh, when you're getting into that relationship or whatever, uh, you need you gotta make it clear, 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 like about what the situation is, and <clears throat> doing that. I think it's easy. it'd be better if you like lay it all out and then um, just say, you know, explain like what's going on. And she either going to be cool with it or she's not going to be cool with it. You know what I'm saying? So you have to, <clears throat> you either going to have to have a compromise. You know what I'm saying? You have to come to agreement about how you're going to handle the situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But as far as like time, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? To separate for yourselves. Or, you know what I'm saying, to be very conscious that, you know what I'm saying, that, you know what I'm saying, she, you know, she wants your attention too, just like the the clubs and all the other people there too. Just like, you know what I'm saying, just like you want your free time as well, you know what I'm saying, once you get a chance. But um, to be honest, man, uh, I would say either you're going to find somebody very compatible and very um, understanding and compromised that you could do that type of thing with, or I think you got to do what's going to bring you peace at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, it could be a hard decision, man, but. I think at the end of the day, the best thing you can do is protect your peace. So, like, I, like I said, just um, either find a female that's gonna be very compatible, or a girl that's very compatible for you, or uh, or you're just gonna have to do what's best for you at the time. Like, I feel like right now I'm in my uh, hustling and my grinding here, so I don't even like look to get be in a relationship right now no more, just because of, uh, I don't think it's fair to to the woman I'm dealing with mm-hmm. to be like, I can only give you 20% of me because I'm giving. You know what I'm saying? This much of my time to my job and this much of my time to DJing and being in the clubs, and I still need time for myself as well. And then you can have whatever's left over. I don't think that that's fair. You know what I'm saying? That's asking for trouble later. I'd rather wait till, like, you know what I'm saying? I can free up some of that time and to just focus on the things I would choose to focus on. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That way it's a little bit, you know what I'm saying, easier mm-hmm. to uh, operate. Uh, with everybody. How you, how you need to move. That's yeah, for sure. Expecting someone else to follow suit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's kind of why I made the decision to get out the military. I don't feel like after like a lot of reflect. I mean, I never planned on being in a, a, a life or in the military. You know what I'm saying? Retiring and all that other stuff. Like it's cool. I could do it. Like I don't. I, I don't hate the Air Force or nothing like that. But uh, I can't. I feel like I can't. You know what I'm saying? Focus on having a family and, and also focus on hustling and building my business and you know doing my thing and grinding like I need to and being in the military at the same time and do my job. Because uh, when you're in the military and you make rank, like, you get troops and stuff. Because then you got to worry about them. It's like having kids, man. So it's like, worry about these kids. Do your job. Be a DJ. Take care of yourself. And, you know what I'm saying, build your business. And take care of your girls. Like, and one of them got to go. Mm. And in this case, both of them went for you. And in this case, one of them went involuntarily. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a good but, way to put it, bro. Um, yeah, but it worked out so for the best right now because I'm doing everything I need to do. And I, I did realize, like, once I got into a relationship, I was not – once I got back into my hustle, I was not grinding like I was before I got into it. Well, at least you knew. At least you're one of the people that can see what the goal is, see what you mm. need to do to get to that goal. Um, one goal you had that we talked about earlier, not on the podcast – but um, was your LLC? Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us about that, bro. I I do. I just want to get it. Uh, I need to get it copyrighted and branded and like you know what I'm saying like make it to where like I start officially owning and stuff because uh I don't want it to come back to where like you know what I'm saying the club like the club where I'm working out of can feel like you know what I'm saying he own my party or own my brand or he could tell me what to do with it or anything like that's really just protecting myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm making sure I'm getting all those bases covered on all ends. You know what I'm saying? Dying my 
I's and crossing my T's, um, so so to speak. Um, but I think that's something everything need to do, and everybody need to do. Um, if you, if you're doing anything business related, just make sure you, you know, what I'm saying you uh, while checking the details, um, looking at the contracts you sign and everything. Like I actually sit down and read every single contract I get before I put my name on it. You um, you you don't need a lawyer. You don't need a uh, anything, anything as far as that to, to make it so, cause people go to school for this. You know what I'm saying? They go to, people do go to school for, this. for it. They, they, so they can read the fine print <clears throat> and understand what these big words mean because sometimes artists or DJs or who, any entrepreneur that's going down that road may not know what X, Y, and Z mean. You know what I'm saying? So that's why mm. they hire a lawyer. There's some pro bono lawyers that do this, you know what I'm saying? For the low or even free. Mm. Um, but you do it yourself. Why, why do you do it yourself? Um, I've always been good at reading, man. Reading, uh, English was like my, my shit. <laughs> reading and yeah. understanding is two different things, though. Oh, yeah, yeah that too. I mean, um, if I had a question about something, one one of the benefits of being in the military is I could take the uh, paperwork right over to the legal office and have them look at it. But for the most part, it's not complicated. And I, can understand, I, I feel like I can understand when I'm about to be fucked over or not. Yeah. But if I'm not clear about something, I would definitely take it over to the legal office before... Um, I had a uh, before I put my name on it, and then you. And at the end of the day, what you need to do is be real with yourself. If you understand what you're reading or not, and if you don't, definitely go to a lawyer and get get some legal help. You know what I'm saying? Just make sure that you're covering your bases um, before you put your name on anything. I had a dude that um, when I first got here, he was trying to offer me a contract. Basically, I could only DJ where he was gonna let me DJ. I had to give him like a certain percentage of how much I was making and all this other shit. And I was just like. Do you think I'm like fucking stupid? (laughs) But he had DJs that was doing that, and like, you know what I'm saying? Artists that was doing that. And uh, I just didn't understand why people would put their names on it. And I think a lot of times people get caught up in the excitement of, uh, you know what I'm saying, a new opportunity that they put their names on whatever because they want it so bad, you know? Do you have management? Nah, I do everything by myself. You're the management. Okay, got you. Well, so since you said that, this leads me to my next question, actually. Um, I love asking. Uh, musicians this um, but basically um, between independent and signed to a major artist or major label as a DJ um, where do you draw the line for that because some people you got French Montana who has his own DJ and she's dope or you got a DJ drama who owns a label and he does his own thing the gangster grills all that good stuff or you can mm-hmm. just brand yourself as whatever you want. Where do you draw the line? Because sometimes, if uh, it, let me be clear, whichever direction somebody goes with that is correct mm-hmm. because they can get their money one way or another. They're still making money. They get into that bag however they choose to be. If you're signed to an artist, you're more so limited to the shows they're doing. You're signed to yeah, them exclusively. Like, so if they're, they're not popping, they're not doing stuff, you're not getting paid either. But if you're independent, you can book as many shows as you want. But on the other hand, you might not book any shows and you don't get paid. So where do you where do you draw the line for that for yourself? Uh, I think for myself, uh, at the end of the day, I don't think I ever want to be. Uh, I don't want to feel like I'm working for somebody or I gotta do like something. Yeah, you know, that somebody like I absolutely had to do something. Somebody's telling me to do just because you know what I'm saying like they my boss, whatever. Mm. So um, I always. If I could, I would prefer to have like my own labeling. You know what I'm saying, and then I'm doing things like that. I'm producing beats or whatever, st- that that kind of thing. But I'm I'm not against working with with an artist. You know what I'm saying, and like coming to an agreement. But as far as like working for somebody and somebody being in control of what I'm doing, I'm not sure that I would be 100 percent okay with that unless it looked like it was gonna be, um, 
either very beneficial for myself or mutually beneficial uh, equally for me and whoever I'm working with. Like, I don't ever want to be in a position where I say I'm working for so-and-so. It's, it should, like, in my mind, it should always be a working with kind of experience, but whatever, you know what I'm saying, business decision um, I make. Like, even with the club I work with right now, like, I don't have, they don't have any contracts that, you know what I'm saying, that put them in control of me. Like, certain stuff, like, it's just an agreement, like, on the nights that I'm obligated to be there because I signed a contract where I'm getting paid to be at. That's okay, but like they're not gonna be telling me like, oh, you can't DJ here, you can't DJ there, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's because at the end of the day, I gotta get my money. Like they gotta get theirs. They gonna be open every night. I still got other nights where I'm trying to get booked and whatever. So you telling me, oh, you can't play here because it's too close. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. Yeah. Like that's just not gonna fly. You know? So it's like if you didn't want me to play in there, then you should have booked me. Tell and like that's gonna be like the end of that conversation. Tell so. us about the first time the house party came to the. First off, what club? Uh, are you DJing at? If, if, if you even want to promo them, if not, you ain't got to give them the rest. It don't matter. Nah, man, I love those guys, man. They've been really good to me. Actually, uh, uh, I DJ at Bellari in Cambridge. It's uh, That's where I have my residency at, so I'm there most of the time. Um, so, yeah, I uh, the hardest thing to do uh, being a DJ is to get your foot in the door. You know how I many DJs come to a club trying to, you know what I'm saying, like, yo, let me DJ here, let me DJ here, blah, 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 blah. So um, what I did was I was doing that when I first got here. And that's, the, that's another thing, too, about being in the military as a DJ. Uh, it's different when you can be stationary in a place and keep building a network, blah, 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 and expanding and expanding and expanding and making all these connections. But it's like every few years I move to another, you know, completely different place. I have to start all over. So um, it's important that I keep, like, my portfolio about all the stuff I've done. Uh, so far, and I definitely try to keep track of that now. It's like when I'm posting my pictures on Instagram or like the videos or of the nights that I put together. Um, how I ended up getting in Bellari to begin with was um, I uh, I threw some house parties in my house. I had a pretty big layout for my house. And um, I just invited everybody, man. I invited everybody to come. Like people I didn't even know. Like it was on some like Project X type stuff. <laughs> it was like random, random females. Uh Random females, I was um, hitting up, like, yo, come to my party, it's going to be dope, so on and so on. And everybody came, man. I don't even know how many people was in there, but it was a lot. Uh, it was a lot. And then um, everybody came, man. It was tight. I had I had spent, like, 600 bucks on that party. And uh, me and my boy, my boy Phil, he, uh, uh, GQ Phil, so he calls himself sometimes, he, uh, we had put our money together. We bought a bunch of liquor, made a bunch of jungle juice. We was giving it out for free. Um, I had bought some speakers, and I, I was uh, actually I had rented some speakers. I had bought some DJ lights. Like I basically turned my house into like a small club. I had a dude taking pictures. I had videos. Um, I had uh, my homegirls was like cooking food. They brought it, and it was just like a banging night, man. Uh, one of my homeboys, I ain't gonna say his name, <laughs> like mm. basically like ended up stripping in that mud, man. It was tight. Oh, <laughs> Uh, it was tight, and then uh, so I did it twice. I did that party twice. Like I, my parties, they was crazy, man. I was giving away money. I was doing like twerk contests and all kinds of stuff. And then um, I had got some like some water guns or whatever, and I had filled them up with like uh, like you know like those pre-mixed drinks, like uh, like wine coolers or whatever, and I put them in the refrigerator. And then um, I had my homegirls going around like shooting uh, like people were opening their mouth and they would just like shoot the drink into their mouth. It was it was t- it was it was tight. It was tight, bro. Do you know how mad <laughs> I would be if you had alcohol in a squirt bottle and it missed, and you and missed? got me in the eye? Yeah, you had to be careful. <laughs> but that's why I, I, I fix my chiller homegirls that I'll be doing too much, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure. For, we didn't have a mishap. 
That sounds dope, so, bro. Um, yeah, so I took the uh, the video and then I showed it to the club manager. And I was like, yo, I can get all these people to come to this club. Because uh, they was trying to build, like, the attendance, you know what I'm saying, get more Americans to come there anyway. So they was like, all right, cool. So they had this big event coming up. It was a black bottle party uh, where they was um, uh, promoing, like, the Luke Belair champagne. Okay. Yes, I think they had like a spon- they got a sponsorship from them, and I was um like the main person on that party at the time, and uh, everybody came in, man, and we rocked it. I don't, I was probably, I don't know how many people we did. Like it was a sold like sold out pack night, and I did it for a few months. I did it for a while, and then um eventually I got a residency there, and then um I was DJing there like every weekend, and then um after a while uh, uh I ended up asking for like my own event because uh, I didn't like. I didn't always agree with the set times I was getting or whatever, or the, you know what I'm saying, the, uh, the days they wanted me to play. So I was just like, let me throw my own party. You know what I'm saying? Um, if it's black, I'll leave you alone. I won't bother you. But uh, if it's tight, then I want to be able to be in full control of it. And that was kind of how the house party came to life. I called it the house party because that's how I initially um, got on out here. And uh, so, yeah. Damn. How long ago was the first one? Uh, what's this month? It's uh, March. Yeah. Uh, my first house party was like in the club was eight months ago. Oh, that's so, recent. Oh, that's super recent. Yeah, super recent. Like I've been doing it for eight months now, and we actually I was just talking to my boy Barney, that's the club manager, um, about doing a big event for um, uh, the the one the his first birthday in July because I do the first one on July fourth. You know, I seen it's supposed to be a big American party. I threw it on a big American holiday, and then uh. It's pretty tight, man. I had like jungle juice and everything, beer pong tables and big ass Jenga blocks and stuff inside the club. And it was a good ass time. And then, uh, so with the house party being what it is now, um, mm-hmm. and you DJing for the past, you said four or so years and rapping for being around music for the longest time. Um, and you're working hard to make your money and, and do what you got to do over there since you're out of the military. Um, how long did it take you before you realized you needed a, an LLC? Uh, to you know, what I'm saying to really get this thing going, because you, because to be clear, people don't really need an LLC unless the money's coming in, and so obviously the money's coming in, um, and you want to protect yourself. Um, when did you know you needed one? Uh, from the very beginning, to be from honest. Very <laughs> okay. Word. Yeah, I've always been a business oriented because, like, I my whole goal in life is to be like, I don't want to be asking another man or a woman for my off time for or vacation time or. And I had this day off where I'm sick. I'm not feeling as well. If I don't want to come to work a day, I ain't going. Like I, that, that's where I aspire to be at at some point, to where I'm making enough money. Where like, you know what I'm saying, where I don't have to ask those kinds of questions. So I was always getting information and stuff to, so I could point put myself on a path that's gonna get me moving in that direction. So I know about you know what I'm saying most like the uh, it's like sole proprietorships or you know what I'm saying LLCs or you know what I'm saying joint partnerships or whatever corporations mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. So I was always aware of what I needed to do. And then, um, yeah, it's just really just like a, just making sure you got as, mu- as much knowledge as possible. So I was aware from the beginning of what I needed to do. Yeah. I know you spoke on it earlier, um, but you, you kept bringing up the military DJ over and over. Yeah. So what is it? So what is the difference between military and civilian DJ? Um, if I'm even asking that correctly, like, yeah, yeah. Cause there is a, there is a difference. Um, and I don't even think a civilian DJ would be aware that 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 there is a difference because, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, when you when you have like a a, a, a base spot like you know what I'm saying where you live, you can build up all these like uh, you can build like a reputation 
know what I'm saying? You get these kind of things going for yourself. Your brand is like in place. You know what I'm saying? It's not moving around constantly. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? That's very beneficial. You get to keep connections and business relationships and you know what I'm saying? You get to, you know what I'm saying? You get to make all these connections that you get to keep. And then um but being overseas, you know what I'm saying, or like even with your fan base and all that stuff, like you have to start over completely from zero almost every single time you move. And it's like, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Um, you ever play like Pokemon or something when you were growing up? Yeah. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? You're doing all this stuff. You get all this, you know what I'm saying? You're going to kill it. And then your brother come in there and race your game. You got to start over the next day. Bruh, I swear to God, I was thinking that because I've done it before. And I hate to turn it like this, but most people... I've been playing that my whole life. I got the emulator on my phone so I can play yellow whenever I want to. Um, but... God bless if you didn't save that game or you was in the car with your moms back in the day and your and batteries, batteries was died, on super low. Bro. You get that little red light. They used to skit yep. like that. That's my PTSD, bro. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I traveled all the way from Pallet Town all the way to boom, boom, bam, and all of a sudden, click, yeah. it's over. It's over. I didn't save or I was in the middle of a battle. Like, I never really understood because my parents um, are technologically sound. Like, they're, they're pretty straight with it. Why don't you understand that I cannot save the game in the middle of a game? <laughs> like, if, if, why don't you understand that? You you know how to use HDMI. You know how to use VGA. You know how to hook up all these different things in the house. The crib looks great. Why don't you understand? Like, <laughs> come on. And so I definitely understand what you're saying. Like, all that hard work. That's exactly what it's like. The only thing you get is the experience from when you last played. You know what I'm saying? So that's all you get. Like, I get the experience from... Knowing how I built up my brand, but does it, not, uh, does it not depend on how far you're traveling though? Because, like you said, you were in Japan at one point, you're in uh, the UK at one point. Uh, like, how, does it not depend on how far you're traveling? Because if you're going from from London to Wales, like you're, hey, I, well, Wales is uh, it's it's like a little ways from the UK. Um, it's, uh, I forgot how many hours, but it's not far. It's not far. The thing is though, um, like I would know a random DJ from somewhere in London right now. You know what I'm saying? I know mm -hmm. like one DJ that operates out of London. And that's an hour away from me. You know what I'm saying? You ever been to the boroughs of London? Uh, yeah, I'd be, be around out there, like, partying and stuff. You know what I'm saying? How how do you compare uh, the hood here <laughs> to the hood there? Man, uh, it's slightly sim It's pretty similar. Uh, it's a little different. Like, man, these dudes out here, like, you know what I'm saying? You're likely to get shot at some, you know what I'm saying, messing around somewhere mm -hmm. in America or something like that. But uh, I think the thing they do out here was cracking out here is a... Uh, they carry knives. I would much rather be shot than stabbed. You would much <laughs> rather be shot than stabbed. Yeah, one hundred percent. Let me let me say that one more time for myself. You'd rather be shot than stabbed. Oh no, no, no. oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I if like you know what I'm saying because that's what they do out here. Because you know what I'm saying they can't really have they they can't have guns here. But so they carry so they carry knives and they like throw acid and shit. That's a whole nother. Uh, that's a. You know what I'm saying? And you can look Whoa. at it like, man, they don't even got guns over here. You know what I'm saying? That's whatever, whatever. It's just like, but they'll be playing with you know acid. Because you thinking you fit on, yeah. I, I've never, I've never had acid thrown on me, but I've definitely heard about. Um, I, I heard about a dude that uh, threw acid on somebody because they had a disagreement in an argument. That's some Jeffrey Dahmer stuff, bro. That's crazy. Yeah, man, it's crazy. It is crazy. I remember, uh, and like it's like the different culture and stuff, man. It's crazy. I remember one time I was at a club, me and my boys was partying, whatever. I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? We get hooked up with VIP and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's typical, like, you know what I'm saying? Some hating ass, you know what I'm saying? Dudes or whatever. We had a bunch of girls, whatever we were chilling with. And um, it was like 12 dudes, bro. And like, they was mugging us like all night. Like, I, I already knew we was going to uh, end up fighting these dudes like sooner or later. And then uh, we went, there was like a McDonald's around the corner. 
And me and my boys uh, went in there like, good thing, like me and my boys, like, you know what I'm saying? We pretty sizable dudes or whatever, you know what I'm saying? We not small. But um, we had one dude that was just hanging out with us at the time. And uh, he was pretty small. And like, they was fucking with him when we walked to the McDonald's, they threw some fries at him. And he was like, yo, you throw the fries against him, be a fucking problem. I don't think when he said that, he realized how many niggas was with him, bro. <laughs> oh, is it, it was just a three of y'all? Yeah, it was four of us total. It was four of us total. It was and like how many me of them? My, my, it was 12 of these dudes, bro. So, it all was, right, cool. There's a rule. Because <laughs> I'm from <laughs> Columbia, bro. There's a rule. Like, you can't come to the mall with me. You can't come to Sand Hills or whatever with me unless you can fight. Like, oh, one hundred <laughs> word. And so, luckily, my boy, like, everybody I was with could fight. Everybody I was with, I don't care. There's four of us, bro. And so, I, off that, top, that's your man. So, if he's getting jumped, we all got to jump in. Obviously, that's your man's. But if he's the smallest one popping off the most stuff, and there's twelve of them, I'm gonna have to fight him after I fight them. You know what I'm saying? Nah, he got, he got, he got, he 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 sustained enough injury at the time because he was the smallest person there. You know what I'm saying? But he had, I ain't gonna lie, he had hella hard or whatever. Uh, so we like, the, the, the thing that, listen, 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 the thing that <laughs> happened with the fight was, um, like, so, um, we, me and, my, me and my boy Joe, we was in line. And then we just turned around, like, we heard my other boy, uh, was like, yo, chill, chill, chill. And then, uh, he was trying to push him off, and a small dude was getting, like, stomped or whatever. And then, uh, you know what I'm saying? So I went in there and I pulled him out, picked him up, like, yo, what the fuck is going on? You know what I'm saying? We, like, like, does like it was just peaceful a second ago. You know what I'm saying? Everybody that was in the club just recently, all in this McDonald's, like watching this big ass scene we making and stuff. I'm like, yo, what's going on? I got my DJ controller in my hand and shit. And then uh, break up somebody's face open. That's exactly what I tried to do. I'm not even gonna lie. Fucking, uh, I was talking to him. I was like, yo, what's going on? I was like, yo, we don't want no problems, bro. We just in here chilling. You know what I'm saying? Normally, you know what I'm saying? Depending on the size of the group, I probably would have been talking differently if it was like more evenly matched. <laughs> but. So what happened was the dude was like, fuck that. He had his, he took his belt off. He had his belt on his hand already. I didn't know why he had his belt on his hand. And he like swung that shit and tried to hit me in the face with the buckle. He tried to dangle you? Yeah. I was just like, brother, you do not do no shit like this in America. What the fuck? So like that shit made me so mad, bro. Like I tried to break, I, bro, I, I whacked the fuck out this man with that goddamn control. <laughs> <laughs> I broke that bitch, bro. And then that's how the whole fight started after that. So we was in there fucking tussling. Them dudes was like, the only thing was like, they had like only a couple of real dudes that was really trying to throw hands in there. Like everybody else that was with was kind of more like there for like the look over there. So like they was oh, like bro. doing like bitch ass shit, like throwing chairs and stuff like the run. And it was only a few of them that was like actually scrapping. If all of them was like, like fighting like hard, then we probably would have got our asses beat. But we did all right though. Like only person that really got messed up was the, the small dude because you know what I'm saying? His reach ain't like everybody else's. So he got to really get in there. Man. So they but was like, kinda, if you shorter, like, and you in the military, if, if he was in the military, um, you're going to be buff, bro. Like, the short guys are usually stocky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'll, he wasn't weak or nothing like that. It, it was just unfortunate with how many people that it was. Yeah. And, like, you know what I'm saying? And how, he, like, he wasn't, like, he was really just, like, on some fucking shit. I ain't scared of these dudes. I'm finna, I'm finna, I'm finna just throw hands and, like, hope for the best. You know what I'm saying? But, like, the rest of we were fighting more strategic. So, um, it, is, it is what it is. But that shit's just crazy, too, like, how you are. Um, the, the cultures are different, you know what I'm saying? Where how people do things, you know what I'm saying? You can't always assume, you know what I'm saying, that like things are gonna be like how they got where you from. So let's um let's get all violence because this is a peaceful podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'll be sure for <laughs> but like to return to peaceful. But um let's talk food, bro, because you're talking about McDonald's. Um mm. are, is the McDonald's comparable to our McDonald's? Uh I think American McDonald's is ass, bro. I'm not even gonna lie. I mean, fast food in general is ass, but like, let's let's be clear. There's some fast food joints that got banging fries, bro. So like, that's what I was gonna get at. Actually, um, Japan has the best food I ever had in my life. 
like Japan fast food is Japan like Japan food period like the period. McDonald's out there is dope they got like they got stuff I've never seen bro they got like shrimp burgers they got um they got everything man and they, they the, the thing about Japan is they really care about like their food so like a lot of the food's always like super fresh it's extremely good um here in the UK they have yet to discover seasoning I think <laughs> is that a is that a um <laughs> I'm not even gonna, nah, my wife is white, I'm not gonna go there. Um, so. <laughs> I think a lot of times that's what it is, though. Like, you understand where I'm going with it. Yeah, bro, but at the same time, um, it don't hurt to, you know what I'm saying, throw some Lowry's, you know what I'm saying? Some, yeah, um, man. Um, actually, there's a little kebab, like, they got different stuff. I mean, they got some stuff that's pretty good out there, but, like, I can only imagine how much better the food would be if it was, like, seasoned, though, man. It's just killing me. Uh, I got. I live above a pizza shop, a kebab shop, and um, they they sell uh, fries as a side there. And I actually gave them some of my um, my my seasoned salt and stuff to put on their fries. I just like you gave them out of out of bro. That's the most American thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, but I've been living here for years. Like I know these guys very well. <laughs> no, 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 no. We got females here that carry the purse. They got the hot sauce in it, and the you know what I'm saying, oh, yeah. bro. You just yeah, you 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 got the bag with the hot sauce in it, giving it to like yo. You ain't cooking this without this. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to, you know what I'm saying? I was trying to, like, show them something different. Like, uh, there's a, a burrito spot around this spot, uh, away, and uh, I gave them um, some tapatio. You know what I'm saying? Like that like that Mexican hot sauce. Mm-hmm. They cook that. That's my shit, too. And then, um, you know what I'm saying? Just so they can put it on there. And, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, they always asking for it. But I think they, they found a place to get it from now. I'm, I'm, I'm still bugging off what I just said. I'm going to have to think if I'm going to edit that out or not. Um... But we are coming to the conclusion of the podcast, bro. Um, I want to thank you for, for wanting to be on this. When I hit you up, you, you hit me back immediately, said it's all love. Let's do it. And I, I really do appreciate that. I wanted to get you on here to show people like you can really do what you want to do out here. You're in a whole other country making coin, and that is big because some people don't even leave their home, their hometown, yeah, their mama crib. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, time to, it's really time to get on our adults because I'm about to be 26 in about a month. And um Me too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's time for us to get up out of here. Like you don't gotta you don't gotta um we had a discussion on Facebook, like people were buying Jordan instead of passports and stuff. I'm not saying you gotta leave the country yeah. to really live, but I, at least leave your hometown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Find a way to elevate yourself and leave your hometown. That's the basis of what I'm trying to uh uh preach. But I guarantee you, you know if you could uh take a trip to anywhere, like anywhere outside of where you're from, do it. Because uh, once you can experience people in different places, I think you get a completely different perspective on how you look at the look at the world after that. Like um, I like I, when I get into like racial conversations um, with people, a lot of times you know what I'm saying not to make it a whole like Black Lives Matter kind of thing, but mm-hmm. um, the way I conduct myself when I'm having those conversations now is probably completely different because uh, I understand now that you have to understand that people live in completely different worlds than you do. You know what I'm saying? So, whereas I might see this as a problem, somebody that's not like me, that will never experience, you know what I'm saying, the uh, the way that I live my life or experiences that I've had, that is non-existent in the world. You know what I'm saying? To them, I made that up because they will never experience this or this type of discrimination or, you know what I'm saying, this type of, you know, judgment or like racial profiling or what people ex- perceive me to be or expect me to be. Um, and you can't even blame them because they, are, they literally do not understand it's like ignorance, you know what I'm saying? And it's not something they can help. The, the most you can ask them to do is to listen to what you have to say. 
And I think that's like the basis of the of of getting down to to resolving um, situations is if people could stop just automatically assuming that people should see this the way that they see it because that's how they see it, and then like it's, it should be clear as day. You gotta understand like it's not like um. And I'm gonna tell you how like uh, it's actually a conversation I had with my ex was like um I was my she was a little uh, aggressive I thought at the time. With um, you know what I'm saying, how she uh spoke with dudes that was like, you know what I'm saying, that I was associates with or whatever. And I was just like, Aggressive oh, how? Um That's she was like context. no nonsense, like like no nonsense type type of um person, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um people that was always like, you know what I'm saying, trying to get like close to like overly close to her stuff. And I didn't understand at the time. Cause like, you know, I was I'm like a, a jokey type of guy sometimes. I can't be anyway. I know I can't be. Uh and I was asking her, like, yo, how come you get so uh like defensive about like things you know what I'm saying maybe they was just trying to be friendly and she was just like you have to understand like um you know she wasn't she's not bad looking at all she's actually beautiful and uh she was saying people come up to me pretending like they want to be my friend you know what I'm saying because you know what I'm saying they attracted to me and it's always a hidden agenda most of the time it's always a material motive so it's like oh I'm being friends with this and I think I'm trying to make a friend but this whole time this dude's really trying to get at me I can't even have regular friends because uh People always have like a hidden agenda and a motive, and I didn't even understand that. But I do. I did after she said it that way. I never even thought about it. Like it, could, it really could be like you know what I'm saying painful. You know what I'm saying just being um, especially attractive because people never want to genuinely know you for you or like or be your friend just to strictly be your friend with like no strings attached or something like that. It's because you know what I'm saying they want to get close to you because they they got they got their whole own agenda. It's like. And people trying to be my friend because I'm a DJ because they know I can get them in a club, I can get them free drinks, I can get them VIP. Like I know these people don't want to be my friend. Like you know, what I'm saying to be my friend, and I take friendship very seriously. It's um, it's a hidden agenda. They want to use me for um, their own personal gain, and it's just like it's the same thing with being attractive. You know, what I'm saying people want to use you for their own personal benefit. It's not because they really want to be there for you. And that's what I'm saying. And I, you know I'm saying that's just an example. It's like. To me, it's like, yo, what are you tripping for? You know what I'm saying? You, you attract me, you know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't got nothing to worry about. You know what I'm saying? People want to do things for you naturally. It's because they have a hidden agenda. It's not because they want to be your friend. It's like, uh, so you just, that's just, and I just go to say that as to to say, like, um, I would never have seen it that way if I didn't sit down and listen to that conversation instead of assuming that she was in the wrong because she was being so uh, no nonsense or, you know what I'm saying? I'm glad like, you, what I I'm glad you put that into the way of, uh, the side of women and male because sometimes especially since right now we don't have a female perspective on it um Mm -hmm. sometimes men do only focus on that female female perspective when when they've never been in that situation you know what i'm saying so yeah respect for that but also i have to ask because it does come to mind or a certain couple people that come to mind like when you are attractive and people do get close to you and boom boom bam whatever happens happens uh, and friendship never comes of it. Why? And and when other people that already understood it try to explain to them why it happened, why and the same mistakes could happen over and over. Why don't people understand uh, after that first time what what it really is? You know what I'm saying? Why do you think that is? Is it ignorant? Is it just like oh I'm just about to ignore it? It's not gonna happen again. And then boom, it happens again. Like why do you think that is? Um, I like to think people are opt- optimistic for the most part at heart, man. Yeah. Um. Like when I meet people, I always give them their first chance. It's always a free one. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna. Try, I try my best not to prejudge people. Like unless they come like to me with some clearly obvious. You know what I'm saying? BS. Like all right, bro, you just fucking around. Sure. But, you know what I'm saying? But um, I like to be optimistic. Like you know what I'm saying? And that these people genuinely 
don't want to um, do anything that's not going to be beneficial for me until I like, I like to give them the benefit of the doubt to begin with. And I think it's a lot of the same thing. So it's just like, and then, and you get, you know, if I'm being honest, how many dudes, you know, to be like, oh, I'm not like so-and-so you just make, you just, you know what I'm saying? Assuming I'm going to be like that because the dudes you've been dealt with. And then they say that, you know what I'm saying? Because they know that is a real thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But they use that as like a, a way to get their foot in the door. Yeah, they can. You know what I'm saying? So they can do it again. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, I, I hate to say it. A lot of people are very selfish and a lot of people, and I, I know a lot, a lot of dudes, male or female, a lot of people, I'm just going to say people, I'm not even going to say gender, will do what, um, will say whatever they got to say to get what they want. Now, actually, no, I'm going to leave it there because I ain't got nothing to say about that. One last thing before I get you out of here. Um, how, I know we spoke about it, like I said, before we had the conversation, um, mm-hmm. but just to the people listening, when people are afraid to venture out and do something different out of their lane, something mm-hmm. something they didn't go to college for or study mm-hmm. on or, you know what I'm saying, focus on in general. Um, what would you say to them as far as, like, not caring what people think or you need to at least try it because you're, you're hindering yourself from success or any type of learning experience from failure if you don't try? So what would you, what would you say to them in this moment? Uh, I would say um, there's, a, there's a million people that will sit down and tell you what they want to do or what they plan to do. And there's probably like a handful of those that are actually going to do what they were talking about. So um, I remember when I bought my first controller, I was just like, yo, I bet I could DJ better than a dude in this club right now if I was a DJ because I was listening to so much music. And then the next page, like I bought a guy, I actually went and bought my equipment and I found somebody that showed me how to do it. Then I did it. But you know how I many more times I could have had that conversation with my homeboys if I would have just kept going to the club. Like, I bet I could DJ better than this dude. I bet I could DJ better than this dude. And it keeps saying that. People do that all the time. You know what I'm saying? And you you never gonna know you do like you never gonna know what could have happened unless you go out and do it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I like to think of it. Um, if you was like walking in the dark or something like that, and you ain't know whether like you know what I'm saying in a cave or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Just for example, and you know there's a path in there somewhere to for you to get to the other side. You're not gonna know until you start taking the actual footsteps. You know what I'm saying? Of course, you might miss miss it every once in a while, fall, but. You know, eventually you can get to the other side if you actually make the attempt. But you could keep sitting there on the on, on on one side, like I know it. You know, I know it's out there somewhere, and I'm content with just knowing it's out there somewhere. I'm never gonna try to get over here to the other side of this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I'm content with just knowing it's there. That's not that's not beneficial for anybody. You're gonna stay stuck in the same place. So I hate when people keep telling me, oh, "I'm gonna do this," or "I'm gonna do this," or, "I'm gonna do this." And if every time we sit and we talk about this, you got the same conversation about what you're gonna do, and, and you're in the same position that you was. Um, the last few times we had this conversation, stop talking to me about it because you wasted my time. Yeah, you know, here I am believing in you and want you to do this, you know what I'm saying, to do this thing. And you keep, you know what I'm saying, having repeat conversations with me. You know what I'm saying? For sure, yeah. So, yeah. Something needs to change. Like Yeah, you got to, man. So I will always encourage anybody to take that first step. Just when you do, just make sure you plan it out. And don't use the excuse like, oh, I'm planning, I'm planning, I'm planning. And then, you know what I'm saying, you spend your whole life planning and never executing anything. So if you if you want to do something, the best thing to do is like you know what I'm saying, try it a little bit here, a little bit there, and just keep slowly making progress. And then eventually you're gonna get on the roll, and you're gonna pick up steam, and and then you're gonna be moving forward. So regardless of how big the steps are, if you take a step, no matter the size, you still moving, you still moving forward. So that that's what I would say. And one more question, just so I can gauge where your mental's at. Mm-hmm. Is it okay to be afraid in this regard? Oh, 100 percent. That's the answer I wanted to hear. Because people don't know that. People think just because you're afraid, like, it's going to hinder you. Like, you can overthink things thoroughly. And then mm. you'll think, look at yourself in the mirror, like, you, why are you even trying to do this? Like, you're not supposed to do this. Like, and that's just the fear speaking through you. You have to push past that. You have to ignore it. 
you have to at least give it a shot. Uh, I have another example for you right now. I was, um, you know, I got the house party, whatever. I was trying to start a silent party, and I still am. I did the first one a couple of months ago. Uh, what, like November or September, something like that. September, I did it. Um, I spent like fifteen hundred, almost two thousand dollars getting like the headphones and everything, getting the venue and hiring the DJs and security and all this other stuff. And then um, I think only like one hundred and fifty people came, and I lost like I lost like a, like a few like like a but probably like a, a little over a thousand dollars throwing that party and uh but at the end of the day that like the party itself was still dope people still had a good time but you know what i'm saying people wouldn't even know what that kind of party was unless i i tried to if i tried to throw it you know what i'm saying if i had to do it and i'm gonna try again here in, in uh in june you know what i'm saying because now people know what it is more people are willing to come and uh, i would you know what I'm saying? i would even have an opportunity to continue to try and you know, get it popping if i didn't try that first time you know what i'm saying you're not gonna win Every single time you try and do something, so it's afraid to be. It's okay to be afraid to try something, mm-hmm. but the important thing is to still try to do it, regardless of being afraid or not. I always was a fan of the silent party just because of what I saw on Instagram and stuff. But then I thought Man, about that it. Fun. I bet if you're there, like, but I'm looking <laughs> on my phone and I turned, I clicked the volume button, like I'm not hearing shit, like I'm hearing not a damn thing. Like, thanks for showing me silence. You know what I'm saying? But, um, <laughs> but no, that that does sound dope. Uh, besides June with that silent party that you're trying to throw. Um, what else is on the docket for you, uh, for the rest of the year? If you're trying to throw another house party, you're trying to do X, Y, and Z. What, what, what are you trying to do? Uh, right now, I'm trying to expand the house party to different cities out here in the uh, in the UK. Cause what I want to do at the end of it all is I want to make enough money for me to open my own nightclub when I get back to the uh, states. So that's my big Ooh, old big goal right now. Um, so I throw a party about once a month, and I'm trying to get it into different cities so I can throw it. You know what I'm saying? More reoccurrently, and and, and make more and stuff, and like get the tour. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a tour. So um, I got that. Uh, next one's April 27th, and then um, uh, I'm supposed to be DJing for uh, Kid Inc. Um, in April too. I don't know if I'm gonna accept it or not, just because I have like, like certain details I'm trying to like line up. But it's definitely on on the table. That'd be so, a good set though. It would be. It would be a good look. It would be a good look. So I'm trying to um, decide if I want to do it or not because it's like the day before I do my my own party. So it's it's a it's a a delicate situation. Yeah. Um, So I haven't decided yet. I wish nothing but the best for you. I know you're gonna do what's right for you and your brand and everything that you're trying to accomplish. Um, Yeah, man. Thanks, man. Always. We're we're gonna take this last couple minutes. I want you to shout out. Uh, your social media, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, all that good stuff. How they can get, uh, how people can get in contact with you, and then special shout outs to anyone of importance within uh, your life. I guess, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I'm on Instagram, uh, underscore Elijah the Messiah underscore. I'm on Snapchat, uh, DJ Messiah. Um, the E is replaced for the three, and I'm on Facebook. It's DJ Messiah as well, and I got um. I got. I'm on Mixcloud as well. I got a couple of mixes up on Mixcloud. Uh, DJ Messiah again. <laughs> Go ahead so, and uh, right. spell Messiah for people who can't use Google. Um, M E S S I A H. And um, on Snapchat, the E is replaced for the three, so it's at DJ Messiah with a three. Um, uh, definitely on there. Uh, shout out to Bellaria, You know what I'm saying? For giving me a platform to do my thing. Uh, but a couple of friends, Barney, Luke. Um, my boys Joe and Phil and them always having my back, supporting me, showing up to all my stuff. I uh, appreciate all that. Uh, uh, my friend Des, uh, she's going to like a lot of my stuff. So, um, that's very, it was very appreciative. I like, I appreciate everybody that show up to my party. You know what I'm saying? Show me support. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? Invite me on the, on the show and everything. 
And uh, shout out to my boys, uh, Elios, my boy uh, DJ Dodds, uh, my boy DJ365, um, my boy uh, Pav. Uh, he's dope. That's the dope DJ I was telling you about before. Yeah, um, And my main man, my boy uh, DJ Dodarola, who's actually from South Carolina. He's from Irmo. Um, he initially taught me how to DJ when I was out there in Japan. He took a lot of free time. I actually, he left his front door unlocked so I could just go in there and practice on his equipment when I got off of work. And uh, so basically, I owe all my experience to to DJ Dodarola. His, name, his uh, real name's Quentin Doty, man. That dude's dope. So, yeah. Hey, man, I really do appreciate you for real. Um, you had an idea of what you wanted to, to accomplish. You went out and you did it. Um, I'm hoping to do the same thing on our end, or excuse me, my end. And for whoever else comes on this uh, platform, because it's all about love here. It's all about exposure here. It's all about getting the getting the content out for the people who want to do the same thing that we are doing. So, again, I really do appreciate you, bro. Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate you um, inviting me on. Man. I, hope, I hope your podcast blows up and everybody's always checking it out, listening to it, while they only way to work or, you know what I'm saying, in the gym or whatever, doing anything. Um, I think it's cool the way you're doing it, you know what I'm saying, getting people back, you know what I'm saying, in a, in a, where we grew up at. I think that, that that definitely would make it more interesting. Like, I know a couple of the people that you're going to be uh, interviewing. I'm definitely going to be checking those out when you drop them. So, yeah, I hope uh, they all have yeah. the same content that people need to hear and want to hear. You know what I'm saying? Because I get tired of my own voice sometimes. But at the same time, yeah. <laughs> someone's got to ask a question. So, here I am. Um, but, yeah, bro, I really do appreciate you. This is probably, I've done, I think this is my, like, sixth interview so far i don't know how long the season is going to be if it, even a season i don't know if i can call it a season but i don't know how long the first set of episodes are going to be but this is probably my favorite one so far right next to chief it who is also dope out of columbia south carolina um and I'll, that's what i meant to ask you earlier uh if you ever have contact with him bro, you should ask about the reach fest because he puts music uh cultivation at, at a at a priority you know what i'm saying so mm -hmm. um if you ever are back in the states which you will be i think you said end of the year or something like that yeah um you should you should hook up with him man and see what, what's popping with the, the reach fest because i think the house party um hosted by reach fest or reach fest hosted by the house party whatever you want to conclude with uh would be mm -hmm. a dope thing for you and a dope thing for him just because so many musical talents and so many so much love will be in one venue that you can't do mm -hmm. it wrong you know what i'm saying yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man, I'm gonna get you off the phone though. I gotta, um, I'm gonna send this to you before I forget. I'm gonna send it to you. Make sure you hit me with your email. Um, okay. And so I can send it to you, and you can uh, you can sell me what you want to be taken out, <laughs> what you don't mm -hmm. want to be taken out. If we need to uh, revamp anything, we can. But again, thank you so much for the uh, the marked up podcast family, and I hope you have a great day, brother. Ah, uh, yeah, for sure, man. Appreciate you having me, dog. Always, bro. Peace. All right, peace, bro.